Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, here on What's the Word Entertainment. It's your boy, Sherman Obed, bringing in the new year. It is the first episode here in the new 2020. Happy New Year to all you folks out there. Obed, good to have you back. Happy New Year to you, sir. What's going on with you? Happy New Year to you too, sir. It's a pleasure to be back here with you in America. Uh, I'm well, fantastic. Happy to ring in this 2020. Yeah, man. I, I can't believe it's 2020. You know, things are uh, hopefully going to be changing for the good. Um, I don't know. A lot of people, of course, know maybe if you make making resolutions and things like that, or, or and not necessarily resolutions. Is there any changes that you're going to be making for yourself in the new year? Just anything personally or professionally, anything like that you're looking to do in, in 2020? Trying to, you know, build out some of these pet projects I've been working on as a developer. Trying to, you know, get get some progress, take a step forward there, and see if I can't take more trips. I got a couple planned up. I'm looking forward to. Definitely want to eat out less, work out more, uh, and you know, get that money. Yeah, man, I feel you, but you definitely hit the nail on the head for me there too. You know, eating out less, working out more, eating better. That's going to be my plan for the 2020. I'm not making a complete, you know, definitive resolution as most people do this time of year. Yeah. But I'm just going to just say, you know, to eat better, work out more, and uh, you know, kind of just get my get myself right again. Of course, and of course, there's always make that paper. <laughs> you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mo money, mo money, mo money. <laughs> Trying to make it rain, folks. Yep. Obed, let's just get right into it. As we said, we were in the first episode here in the new year. Let's sort of to some um, some un- unfortunate news. I don't know, if, folks, you guys saw this this past week that former NBA commissioner David Stern passed at, passed away at, at the age of 77. Um, he served as commissioner since from what? I think I believe his first year was 1984, I believe, and I think and announced his first pick in that draft ending that year in the draft. Excuse me, when he hosted the NBA draft was I believe it was Kim Olajuwon. So oh, wow, there you go. You know, there, he lived <laughs> the dream and and then he uh, drafted the dream. <laughs> there, there you go. You know, starting us when you start out your career with a with a bang right there. Of course, that same draft was was with Jordan. Of course, you know, um, this is definitely an, an unfortunate you know thing that happened. Of course, um, I think he was hospitalized about you know, for about the last three weeks, of, I think or so, due to a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. Um, but man, I mean, David Stern, he definitely he developed the game. You know, the the league and the weight is today. You know, just bringing it overseas. You know, to, to different countries and things like that. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Making it more of a global brand, David Stern did. So, just quickly, your Obed, your thoughts and you know, on David Stern's, I guess, legacy of course around the league. Yeah, I would say you know he had he had those positive moments and the negative moments, right? Negative moments being when we he tried to kind of mold the NBA for a certain kind of clientele that maybe wasn't really as big a fan as possible, right? The hey, we don't like guys with tattoos, the baggy shorts, you know, the, the when people weren't really taking on to the Allen Iversons, and he was one of the first ones to be like, yeah, these are some of the best players in our league, right? Made sure to make that pivot, made sure to say, hey, I think that was really the beginning of whoa, 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 the league is for everyone, right? So the league is for people who are rich, people who are poor, people who speak English, people who don't speak English, and then continue this expansion that, you know, made way for the Raptors to become a champion in the NBA in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Had he not made this push and gotten, uh, you know, an actual franchise in another country, he wouldn't see a, a, an international team as an NBA champion, which I feel like is just going to further push. It's not even the, you know, Ricky Rubios who decide they don't want to come play here and play in another country before they come. The uh, Tony coaches who are unknown guys who had to get, uh, worked out by uh, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan to prove that they're good enough to play with them. You know, like those those mm-hmm. kind of stories of international players. We wouldn't have, you know, the dream shake. We wouldn't have uh, not the dream shake. The uh, the uh, the dream hook wouldn't have um, the uh, the Euro step. You know, from mm-hmm. some of the work mm-hmm. that David Stern did. So got to tip the hat. You know, sorry to see him gone. Uh, hope he's off to a better place. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, he was even instrumental in the development of the WNBA, the NBA Development League, you know what I mean? So he definitely played a huge part in the association. So rest in peace, David Stern. Um, and, some other, and some other news just wanted to touch on quickly. I don't know if you saw that Serena Williams was named the Female Athlete of the Decade by the Associated Press. Yep. I mean, just, just of course, uh, one of the most dominant forces, not just in the female sports, in all sports in general. Yep. I, mean, how, I mean, how can you really just, you know, bet against somebody like Serena? You know, she's won, what, a dozen Grand Slam singles titles. Yeah. Um, no woman had more than three over the past 10 years. And yeah. then three and a half years in a row at number one in their WTA rankings. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, let me ask you this. Could Serena Williams go down as the greatest female athlete of all time? <sighs> wow, that's big. I mean, I was I was uh, um, I've always been a big Jackie Joyner Kersey fan. Uh, you know, there's a ton, so many names you can throw out there. Katie Ledecky, who's still kind of young in her career. Simone Biles might, you know, if Simone Biles goes through the 2020s and does what she does, she might have a chance. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so hard to not say that it's Serena because of what that grueling nature of, of, uh, tennis is like if you guys have not read any books about tennis about the life of a tennis player i definitely recommend going and reading it uh and even though he was not a professional tennis player david foster waller has a book called david foster wallace has a book called string theory which is about his life growing up in the world of tennis and understanding a lot of the the game from the 80s and 90s uh gives you an idea that she had i mean you know going back to her being the first uh, the Sumi, the second African American woman to win a Grand Slam title, at 17 years old at the 99 U.S. Open. I think the first one was Abigail Thomas. Maybe I need to get that name right. Um, at uh, and then you know defeating her sister for the first time uh, for a Grand Slam final. You know it's. I think she might go down as the greatest ever. Uh, you know it's hard for me to see who else for that much dominance. Right? She she like won her most recent grand slam at, at 35 or most recent, uh, uh, finals finish at 35 years old, mm-hmm. two, two, three years ago. Is she still doing it? She's almost 40. I mean, it's unheard of. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely one. I, I think not only she'll go down as one of the greatest female, athletes, just one of the greatest athletes period, uh, of all time in the sports right. world. Um, you know, cause she's just been a dominant force. Um, on the other side, um, LeBron James is named the female athlete of the decade by the AP. I mean, Male, 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 male. Excuse me, greatest male athlete. <laughs> Excuse he me. Might, he might be able. I mean, listen. <laughs> after the Dave Chappelle jokes, you know, if we, if hey. he wants to sign his gender to something else, hey, you don't hey. have to let him play the WNBA and score 100 points a night. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even gonna go there right now. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna keep it straight, copacetic, okay? Because LeBron James was named the male athlete of the decade by the AP. Um, I mean. It, what uh, what what has LeBron not done? You know, getting three titles, two in Miami, one in Cleveland. You know, um, the whole thing. You know, people people hate people loved him, then they hated him when they went to Miami, then they loved him yeah. again. You know, I mean, but LeBron, you know, best best player of the planet. You know, um, you got guys coming up, reaching you know, Giannis and Kawhi, and these guys, you know, get, reaching that plateau. But man, at the, at the end of the day, LeBron was still going down as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Period. Whether you like him or not. But I mean, what he just turned, I think, what, 35 the other day, uh, about, a, about a week or so ago. Um, and he's still playing at, the, you know, playing on a high, high level. I think he's got at least another four, three to four years um, in the league. So, I mean, the injuries and, and the way and him being managed the way that he needs to be managed. Right. We're not running him in the ground for, you know, max minutes every single night. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and but he's still playing, you know, still playing a, a good good amount of minutes and, yeah. and a good amount of games. He's like he's not sitting out. Like he's out of the 82 games, he's I would say he's playing at least 70 to 75 of those games at least. And I every think that's season. perfect for him. Right. I mean, even if he paid 65 games, I wouldn't be mad at that. Right, right. Yeah. So kudos to him. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a wild decade for sports. Um, man, I just wanted to just quickly your thought. If you can think about the last 10 years in sports, what has been your best or your favorite or maybe just your craziest sports moments that you can think of just on the top of your head? That, hey, what really what, what, what moment kind of stands out to you? Like, man, that was wild. Oh, that was amazing when you when you first saw it. Um, Malcolm Butler's interception on the one yard line. I mean, just the, the lead up to that event where the Seattle Seahawks hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch at the 10 at the like seven or eight, he gets five yards, pushes them almost to the one. And they're like, okay, we want to make Russell Wilson the star here because we don't want to go to the negotiating table against uh, Marshawn Lynch, who is known for setting up 401ks for his teammates, saving all of his money before people were like, oh, Gronk saves his money. Gronk saves his money. Well, Marshawn's been doing it and was doing it for years before he did. Uh, and, and just knowing that they said, we're going to take the ball out of our best player's hand and we're going to throw this man, Pete Car, excuse me, Pete Carroll had 21 in blackjack and said, hit me and threw a, a pass <laughs> on the one yard line and got picked. And Malcolm Butler went from nobody to somebody overnight. Um, it was probably one of the most amazing, knowing just the back and forth of that game as well. Uh, another Patriots homer play, the comeback. Here we, from here we go, three. folks. Here we here go. But but honestly, I, I, I for me that that decade was about phenomenons, phenomenons that just like you couldn't explain why it finally happened or what what made it come together. For me, it was the Warriors, the Warriors rise and the Warriors fall over this last decade to me is one of the phenomenons that I think has been so crazy to just just the inception of the Splash Brothers that these guys had been cooking this up and it didn't t- finally happen until they got rid of Mark Jackson. Maybe this was Mark Jackson's team. Right. Maybe this I is, think it maybe, was. you know, maybe this was Mark Jackson. Maybe Mark Jackson put together a roster. But, you know, I feel like they needed Steve Kerr, who brought that championship level mentality from not only his time with the Bills, but also his time with the San Antonio Spurs and unlocked what would have been just a force to be reckoned with for That's players right. like LeBron, players like uh, uh, Kobe, not Kobe. Uh, well, no, they, did, they played against Kobe. Um, Kerr did. Yeah. I, I think I think the the Warriors was one of the big phenomenons outside of those Pat Super Bowls games. For me, I mean, just off the top of my head, man, that that Iron Bowl where Alabama missed the field goal and Auburn returned it what 108 yards. I think it was Chris Davis returned it for a touchdown and ruining Alabama season. Man, that was probably one. I remember watching that game live. Jeez, yeah. um, I mean, that was probably one of the most insane plays that i think i've ever seen just like i think like literally bama misses the field takes the field goal to win the game and he just returns it back all the way right i mean that i mean he had blockers on the sideline he stayed in bounds i mean i think that was what i think that was what 2013 if i'm not mistaken iron bowl auburn alabama i think i think it was 2013 2013 yeah that was probably one of the craziest things for me that stands out um and you know and quite maybe even and then quickly last year i don't know if you are a big mma fan but the jorge masvidal over ben Askren fight five second knockout with a knee to the head dude i just remember watching that like what just happened yeah yeah (laughs) literally what just happened out cold 
boom, five second match over. To me, that was the two of the craziest thing, most most craziest thing I think I've seen in a long, long time. So that's what stands out to me most. Definitely got well, to talk that, about MMA's uh, rise to power over the years. I mean, they even had one of their biggest stars, Conor McGregor, uh, battling against one of uh, boxing's biggest stars, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, right? another one, and probably the biggest payday in what in sports history between the two of them. Dude, that was that was insane too. Let's move a lot. Let's move it right along. We know we got a lot to talk about today. Quickly, let's touch on some college football. I want to talk about the college football playoffs. Um, we had two. We have the two, two first round matchups, of course. Two semis. What Clemson and um, playing Ohio State and LSU uh, playing Oklahoma. We can talk, let's talk about Clemson and Ohio State first. Man, this was a game. Um, I I really expected. Well, I guess I guess I wasn't expecting the outcome for that. I did predict yeah. Ohio State to win, as we know. Clemson came up that victory, twenty nine to twenty three. Yeah. Ohio State jumped out to an early 10-point lead in the first quarter. Um, Justin Fields had a pretty good game, 30 for 46, 320, and a score. But he also, but he had two picks. You know, the yeah. turnovers are going to get you every single time, especially yeah. with this Clemson offense. Don't give them any chances. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence will light it up at some point, um, you know. Um, but he really – his to me, though, what the difference was Trevor Lawrence on the ground. It wasn't yeah. Travis Etienne. It was Trevor Lawrence. He ran for over 100 yards and a score. To yeah. me, that was the big difference. If you're giving him, he can throw the ball or can throw the rock as well. But him, give him his ability to run the ball. That's what really changed the game for them. Um, you know, and I was just very surprised at the outcome. You know, Chase Young didn't really do that much. Yeah. They contained Chase Young throughout this game. He had two tackles and no sacks. They made sure to play away from him. They made sure to to protect Max cover on him. I mean, you know, like they just. Clemson needed to play their best game to win this game, something that o- OU did not. Um, and Clemson did play their best game to win this game. They, like you said, Trevor Lawrence's uh, legs was the was the deciding factor. No, noting that uh, you know, Justin Fields really didn't come out there and do much with his legs. Uh, 16 for 107. He did have like a 67 or 68 yard touchdown uh, run, Trevor Lawrence. But no, he was he was where he needed to be. Really, it was to me, it was the Travis Etienne show. What fine 10 for 36 and one on the ground, three for 98 and two touchdowns receiving, mm-hmm. yeah, and just fast as lightning, mm-hmm. yeah, dude. But look, but look on the other side, J.K. Dobbins went off for almost 200 yards, too, on on, on the ground, that is. But yeah. I mean, it, but it was just it was just too much, like you said, the, the turnovers were a factor as well, you know, Lawrence protected the ball well, you know, so when you, you know. When you have turnovers, theirs are going to kill you. Especially a team like Clemson, Dabo Swinney knows how to turn it turn it around. Yeah, so, I mean, we will say this: they got out they got out of uh, of what should have been a uh, fumble return for a touchdown. I- I'm sorry, that's just that to me is just college football cheating because you can't tell me that the player received the ball, took four steps, and mm-hmm. then it got popped out, and that's not an interception return for a touchdown. That's that's cheating. I don't, mm-hmm. I you know, I, hey, fine, Clemson won the game, but that's cheating. Because anybody, <laughs> Ray Charles, name your favorite blind person could have seen that that was a fumble and an interception. We we all know it. It's mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. got to get the ball. You got to take two football steps. You got to take you got to take two steps to make a football move. And then if he pops out, that's a fumble. We've known this. We're we're in our 30s now, and we can watch mm-hmm. that objectively say that was a turnover. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, that's definitely one of the controversial calls they'll, they'll be looking at for Tom Dingham. But, hey, shout-out to Clemson. They came out with that victory. They're good for them. And, of course, as we know, they will be playing LSU in the national championship. LSU just straight whooped on Oklahoma, 63-28. to 28. Man, this wasn't even this wasn't even close at any point. Joe Burrow proved why he is the Heisman Trophy winner, going throwing for almost 500 yards and seven scores. He had seven touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. I mean – it's just, I mean, what can we say? What I mean, LSU is the real deal. LSU, I mean, I, I predicted LSU would win this game, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. No, neither did I. Neither did I. I mean, and the wide receivers absolutely showed out. All, you know, for both teams, or at least the, the top wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb, four for 119. Whew. Justin Jefferson, 14 for 227 and four. I mean, I, I yes, all, all credit to what Joe, Joe Burrow's done, but – can we talk about what this game would have looked like if Oklahoma actually played some defense? Can we talk about what the Big 12 would look like right. if Big 12 teams actually played defense, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still concerned you gave up 28 points to OU, right? Even in mm-hmm. hurry up mode, even if they're they're coming from behind, coming back, you know, don't let them score. I I feel like it should have been like 17 or 20 points that OU scored, and it should have been all field goals, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I I I like. LSU's offense more than I like LSU's defense for sure. Oh, I think I we've agree. said, I think we both yeah. said that in the past. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, that's why I was surprised with the Ohio State Clemson outcome because I thought their defense would be, you know, it was a, I thought their defense was a stout defense, one of the best in the country, and would hold down Clemson. But yeah. man, you know, looking at this potential matchup with, L, with 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 this matchup with LSU and Clemson, man, we got two dynamic offenses. Is Clemson's defense a little bit better than LSU's? Mm, you know, you know, it has yeah. been in the past. You know, as we know, we had what, yeah. what, what four first round draft picks in the offense. Yeah, I know if you're before. But like you said, all those guys are in the NFL now. You know, so yeah, it's looking at the looking at this national championship, man. Uh, you know, I almost want to go Clemson here in this one. Yeah, I almost want to, but LSU's offense, I think, is just so powerful. Um, I think it's going to be closer. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a high scoring, closer, close game than people think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go LSU 38, Clemson 30. Okay. I think we're, we're definitely thinking the same thing. I'm, I'm LSU 41, Clemson 38. Okay. Okay. By a field goal. All right, man. It's, I think it's going to be a heck of a match. Honestly, I would, I would, I wanted to see. LSU Ohio State. I mean, I thought this Clemson Ohio State game was phenomenal. This is what, yeah. definitely, oh. one of the, definitely a phenomenal game. Fact. This is what we deserve for the national championship game, especially if Clemson is going to play like this. I, mm-hmm. I just, again, I've had my my drawbacks on uh, Clemson because of their schedule, but here they are in the national championship game. Yeah, dude. I mean, so I mean, it's. I think it's still going to be a great game, LSU Clemson. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be, like I said, a high-scoring powerhouse game. So we'll see how that goes. But like I said, I'm going to go with uh, L- LS- uh, LSU in this one. So 30, 38 to 30. And you said you said you're going LSU 4138. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll see what happens here, folks. Let's move it right along. Let's get to some NFL news and action. Of course, quickly want to bring up your boy once again, Antonio Brown. I know we've talked about him enough. <laughs> I'm sure America, you're tired of us talking about him, but he's he's at it again with another uh, social media post talking about his Saints workout that he had recently had, saying it's a publicity stunt. Do you think it was a publicity stunt, Obed? The fact that I didn't know about it and it wasn't uh, let out until he said something, yeah, it's his publicity stunt. 
<laughs> Nobody. I don't. Did anybody know that he worked out for the Saints? Was this? Was it, this was, it, it was. It was. It was. It was reported before it happened. It was. It was reported that he was going to work out. It, okay. it was reported that. But I mean, is it? Was it like a real thing that he was going to, you know, actually sign with the Saints this year? I mean, it was right before Week 17. So I mean, it wasn't like they were. Really, I mean, how likely were they actually going to sign him? I mean, he's just kind of all over the place. His yeah. his whole me- entire mental state is is off yeah. balance. I think you have said it before. Even our 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 guest Chris has said it once before his yeah. lawyer even dropped him as a as a as a client yeah. as well. he's blocked him on his phone he can't call him he won't text him and just like this is this is the, the slow spiral we saw this with to and it's worse than to right mm-hmm. uh this is legit walking cte because now it just it just don't, doesn't make sense like walk it watching him interact with people listening to some of the, the tweet things he's tweeting out right i'm it's it's sad yeah dude i mean I don't know if Antonio Brown will ever play in the league again. And that's the honest truth. I really don't know if he'll ever play. I I mean, right. He just needs to get his, his head right first and then figure out what he wants to do. Just be a professional. That's all it takes. Hang, you know, you have guys like LeBron James got, you know what I mean? Who carry themselves to the high in the highest regard. You never, you never see LeBron James acting a fool like this. Yeah, but NBA, NBA you know, players don't get CTE like this. So if they're if they're crazy, they're usually just crazy, like Dennis Rodman, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, look at guys like like Tom Brady. You don't see him out here acting a fool like that, you know? I yeah, mean, that's true. I don't know. Hey, you know, he's people say that there are uh, concussions that he's got that he doesn't talk about. Specifically, his wife. His he went on his uh, Giselle went on late night and was just like, Tom has concussions they don't talk about. The next thing you know, Tom came out and was like, I don't have concussions like that. Blah blah blah. Woo woo. But mm. hey. We'll see in in 20 years. We'll see what Tom Brady's mental state is like, you know, if he's running Terry Bradshaw level or if it's bad, worse than that. I, I get it. I get it, dude. You know what I mean? It, it happens, you know, again, it affects you 100 percent. But, dude, but there's plenty of people who've had multiple questions and they don't act wild like this dude does. You know what I mean? We've so I, he's got better people around him. Maybe just the people around him are protecting A.B. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely has to do with it. Moving moving on, though, because I think like I said we know we've talked enough about AB. Um, Jameis Winston. I know just quickly I wanted to bring up him once again. Dude, <laughs> did you see his 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 uh, his press conference after the last game? He says that if he eliminates turnovers, he could be the best in the league. The I ab- completely agree with him. If he could eliminate the fact that he started his career with a pick six at Tampa Bay and ended his career at Tampa Bay with a pick six. I think he absolutely <laughs> could be one of the best. I, listen, the kind of games he had, he's doing Brett Favre things, but mm-hmm. you cannot throw that many picks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You just can't do that. Dude, he's the first player in NFL history to have over 30 touchdowns and, th- and throw for 30 interceptions in a season. It, and it's like, you know, not, not all of those are pick sixes, but I'm pretty sure they nullify the fact that you have more plus touchdowns. I think, as a matter of fact, I think he has the record for most pick sixes in a season as well, too, to be honest. I mean, please double, give him points away. Yeah, give folks, please away. double double check me on that. But I, it's <laughs> like, but damn, I mean, like you're just giving games away, dude. He threw for over 5,000 yards this year. Eighth player, excuse me, eighth player in league history to do that. So he's obviously slaying the rock. And the, and the past few weeks, he didn't even have Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Fact. Fact. You're now getting this done with Rashad Perriman. Yeah, he's still putting up numbers. So he is a good quarterback. He just simply needs to eliminate turnovers. Be yeah. more accurate with the ball. Because, I mean, Bruce Arians, obviously this is a this is a pass-first team. I mean, quite frankly, and he even came out and said, can they, they can win with Jameis Winston? They can win without Jameis Winston. So to me, quickly, you're, do they look to draft a QB in this, this upcoming draft? 
they don't have the draft slot for it. If they do, I just who what young quarterback is going to come in and understand the Bruce Arian system enough to go out there and be competitive. You know, obviously Big Ben did it when he was younger, but the game was so much more about the pass back then. The kids coming in, I again, I just don't feel like are smart enough to just take a playbook, read it and understand without having to see like a signboard that had Darth Vader and a unicorn and a rainbow on it and know that that meant jet sweep. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, dude. It's just amazing. But I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of news in the league. Uh, there's been a pretty much of a coaching carousel going on around people getting fired, people getting signed with coaches. Uh, as we know, uh, the, uh, the Giants fired their head coach, Pat Shermer, recently. The Redskins hired Ron Rivera. The Browns hi- fired Freddie Kitchens. Quick, Obed, what, take it, you can take it, take the lead here on this one. I mean, you can go in any order you like. Yeah. Your thoughts on kind of the, the ups and downs of, the, of head coaches in around the league? Browns. Browns are going to Browns. You should have never made Freddie Kitchens the head coach. I don't care how good the Absolutely. offense look and how much offense uh, drives the the staying power of teams that, that the NFL likes. Uh, you should have kept um, uh, what's that? Greg Williams. They should have got Greg Williams. Greg oh, Williams okay. back when he was, yeah. Uh, as defensive the defensive coordinator? Defensive coordinator who then slid into the head coaching job after they got rid of Hugh Jackson, and that's when the Browns started to look stabilized. Freddie Kitchens will get an offensive coordinator job somewhere, but he didn't need to be a head coach. He'd always been no. behind the scene guys. The Giants firing Pat Shermer and then not hiring Ron Rivera. Pat Shermer got fired from his job with the Vikings for not, as OC, for not running the ball enough to the liking of uh, uh, Mike Zimmer, the, the head coach there. Then he goes to the Giants. A very interesting move because the Giants have a great run game. They went ahead and drafted a, a quarterback who everybody laughed at getting him at the sixth spot, but that player's actually played very well. And I think another step forward with the young nucleus of Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate as your older wide receiver, a young uh, running back who the, your, your running back room is good for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't you know. Your tight end, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, oh my goodness, you know, like they, they've they got they've got all the pieces around us to have a good team. I don't know why you don't give him another chance. Uh, and the, the, to your point, uh, Sherman, you said this comes down to Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman, I hired four computer people. I said, what, what, what are you talking about? Right? You, you should have gone after a coach in Ron Rivera after you'd spent $200 million, or in the last few years, $200 million on that defense. You know, got rid of Eli Apple out of that. But, mm. you know, Ron Rivera has never been one to coach poor teams or bad teams. Ron Rivera has generally been a good coach, 76, 63 and one record with the, uh, uh, the Carolina Panthers, you know, seasons of 12 and four, 15 and one, 11 and five, you know, uh, decently trying to stay above within 500 and above, you know, uh, won his division many times, went to the, uh, the Super Bowl once lost in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, you know, you look at what the Redskins want to do. If they have the number two pick and pick up Chase Young, that's his Julius Peppers. He's already got a Montez Sweat out there. He's already got Ryan Kerrigan out there. He has a defense, and, and he gets to be with his old cornerback in uh, 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 Burnt Toast. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, George, <laughs> Josh Norman. Fried up, fried up Plantain. Excuse me, Josh Norman. Ooh, Josh Norman. Getting roasted each week, it, son. Yes, yeah, so maybe that, that, that him having his old coach will, will change things. Uh, it just... You know, the teams went and did team things. I'm surprised Doug Marone still has a job. Honestly, the only the, the Doug Marone made was, some boneheaded It was expected moves. that he was going to be let go. I, I, you know, I just don't know what Shahid Khan sees in in Doug Marone, or maybe he felt like the other uh, op- once once Ron Rivera was off the board. I'm that that was it. 
for me, that's the only head coach that I think deserves to get a job. They're talking about Mike McCarthy is getting interviewed. Mike McCarthy got booed and laughed out of uh, Green Bay. Said he, his quarterback said this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Sure. Put put him in New York and see what he does with Daniel Jones and Saquon. <laughs> dude, let's see, dude. Yeah. The, the giant. That's where the giant. The Browns. The, listen. First of all, let me touch on a couple of things you mentioned. You mentioned about Ron Rivera. I feel honestly, I feel bad for Ron Rivera going to Washington because as long as Dan Snyder is ruling that organization, that organization will not be as successful. Yeah. You may you may disagree. I feel bad for Ron Rivera. The giant, the Giants, they should they they need to go after Mike McCarthy hard. Think they so? need to go go straight after him. He will rejuvenate that offense, you know, bring it you know to where it needs to be, and the defense will start playing better. I'm telling you, they've got the pieces on O. Um, yeah. got, you said they've got the young quarterback, they've got the young running back, and some nice pieces, you know, receivers and, and tight end. Go after Mike McCarthy heavy. The Browns, you said it. The Browns are going to be the Browns. This is where co- people's careers go to die. No yeah. elite coach should go there, like a, like a Mark McCarthy or Ron yeah. Rivera, guys like that. No, no elite who who pride themselves on their careers and on their reputation should go to Cleveland because this is where their career will go to die. Flat out. You had it. You said it before. Freddie Kitchen should have never been the head coach. Fact of the matter is, a couple weeks ago, I think we talked about it. He said he didn't care about his future. What kind of coach says they don't care about your future, their future with the team? Yeah. Like, excuse me. They should have fired him after that. What was a week 15 or week 16 yeah. game? Right oh, you don't care. Bye. If yeah, if you don't care to be here, oh, we don't care to have you. Kick mm-hmm. rocks, dudes. Holla for a dollar. That's yeah. the end of it, dude. I mean, the Browns. Whether they trade Odell Beckham or not, whether they believe in Baker Mayfield, as we saw, you know his accuracy took, you know he had a, he had a sophomore slump this year, yeah. but you need someone who's going to change the culture in that within that organization. They've already the the owners already said they're going to hire the head coach first, then go after the GM. But you need a coach who's going to change that goal. And they've already said it. They're going to look with folks who have NFL experience. Now, so it means they're not looking at any college coaches. They look like like an Urban Meyer or you know things like that. But yeah. man, the Browns are good. Just gonna be the Browns, and yeah. that's all there is to say about it. You know, I I don't think any prolific head coach for, uh, the, of a league of a team should go to Cleveland. That's just my personal opinion, folks. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, dude, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. Let's get right into our last two sections of this week's episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. We're gonna go into you right, you mad. Got two things for you here, Obed. If we talked about coaches. Of course, of course, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. You know, Jason Garrett, they're going to be moving on from him. So let me, my my question to you is, or my statement to you is, Obed, you right, you mad. The Cowboys should look to hire a current or former college head coach. Mm, Sherman, you mad. I'm concerned that the Cowboys, the, what that team needs is someone who is – crack whip at uh, football operations. They need an individual who understands dealing with these. Look at who he's about to inherit a paid running back. Who's one of the best in the league An about to be paid uh, a quarterback who would be considered one of the best in the league, a wide receiver who, if he stays there for more than this year is going to be a paid wide receiver is considered one of the best in the league. You're getting some very high profile players. That offensive line is high profile. You know, that defense needs a couple moves, but they've got some high profile players on it. Like this is a very in the spotlight position that like you can't come out here and think that a college coach coaching little boys and shot this is this is what happened to Nick Saban and he couldn't hang. He made offensive linemen cry. You just some you just need to know how to understand more personalities better than like a college coach can. Uh I think I think Kitchens could have been a uh, college head coach somewhere, but he hit not a head coach in the NFL. 
Um, gotcha. I, they need they needed like a Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera is not going to be there, so we'll see what they end up doing. Got you, got you. Next, last one here. You write, you mad? Tua Tagovailoa should return to Alabama for his senior season. You're right, Sherman. We talked about this. You know, it better that he go there, have them work on him, have them uh, uh, run his. Because uh, right now it's all about recovery. That's the only thing that he should be focused on is recovery to get back into the game, and they should be on the hook for that, taking care of him, making sure he gets there. Well, does he play? You know, he returns to Alabama. How if he gets healthy in eight months, nine months, and they look like they might have a chance at the playoffs? Does he come in like uh, a Jalen Hurts did and maybe give them what they need, the spark at the end of the year, and then try to pad his resume before he goes to the league? That's a question for you. You know, dude, I I think I think he should return absolutely. Um, and then you know, but I here's the thing. I get it if he, people say he wants to go. Right? I totally get it. Get his money, sit out for a season if you do. Yeah. But if he goes back, he could potentially be a first-round draft pick next season. I don't think he will be a first-round pick this year. So go back, play another year, get first-round money next year, the following year. If you go this year, you're not going to be a first-round, probably second or third because of the hip injury, and then sit out for an entire season. That's just what I think. I think it's a good move because then, hey, I'll tell you what. Second or third round draft pick, he's going to a good team, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I think he could sit even longer if he went to a good team and sat on their bench, just learning the game, being ready to play when his number is called, and be, making sure that he's healthy enough to go out there for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, it's 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 said that he's going to make his decision this, in the next couple of days, but I think he should return to Alabama. I would agree with you. Yep, we'll see what happens here. Let's get on. No, we got the last topic for the day. We're going to talk about the playoff matchups in the NFL this weekend. Uh, the wild card playoff matchups start today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. First game of the on the slate, Buffalo at Houston. Man, I like this matchup. I think this is, even though it's in Houston, I'm going to go Buffalo here on this one. This is a good matchup for Buffalo to have in a first you know, first playoff around, yep. first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not an over-dominant Houston team we're looking at here. Um, now JJ Watt is 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 active for this game if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming back from with that torn pectoral muscle, yep. I believe. So um, I don't think he's going to be too much of a dude. He's going to be some rust. He's going to be that mm-hmm. you know. I think he's going to you know have it's going to be some sl- a slow return for him. Yeah. So I don't I'm not worried about JJ Watt too too much. But I think Josh Allen is going to utilize the ground game for himself. To win this, to win this game for the Bills. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Bills here in this one. Maybe 17 to 13 Buffalo. Yeah, I was thinking Buffalo. I was thinking Buffalo 24-17. I know Houston knows how to score points. Uh, you can't count out what Deshaun Watson will do with the ball in his hands. Um, but again, Houston's defense is still a sieve. I, I, I don't care that they beat the Patriots. I don't care the kind of barn burner games that they had. They should have lost against Tennessee and Tennessee. Um, uh, you know, the Buffalo is just going to come out here, play great defense, pound the rock really well. Devin Singletary is coming along. Uh, John Brown has been a stabilizing force in the in the wide receiver core for them, uh, and Buffalo's just Sean McDermott has got the got the um, the defense rolling the way he needs it to, to be. They look like a young, hungry Carolina Panthers team. Um, yeah, yeah, Buffalo twenty four seventeen. All right, all right. Tennessee at New England. I know where you're going here. This one, Obed, <laughs> and probably, frankly, I'm probably going to be going the same. Pats all the way. I'm going to say Pats. Pats by at least fifteen. Yeah, I. I you know, don't be surprised. 
Don't be surprised if you see Tennessee making plays. Don't be surprised if you see Tennessee getting calls. Um, I don't. I, it, it's definitely uh, the Pats, us against the world for the Pats. But you know, if <laughs> New England, hey, they haven't been in this spot in a decade. They say it's just like every other year. It's definitely not like every other year. They don't have the offense. I feel like nope. to compete, uh, uh, the defense, yes, is there. But if the offense can't sustain drives, how much defense can you really have? Um, I'll say New England by a touchdown. Okay. All right. The let's go over to the NFC first matchup for tomorrow, Minnesota at New Orleans. I'm going to say New Orleans uh, rematch of that crazy, crazy divisional matchup from a couple years ago when Stefan Diggs made the game winning touchdown grab and, and run to the end zone. Um, I'm going to go New Orleans. It's in New Orleans. You know, it's been you know, a tough, tough place to, to win there for, for opponents. So I'm going to say New Orleans, man, you know, I think it's going to be a good, especially if Dalvin Cook is healthy. Um, I'm going to say New Orleans by no more than a score. It, quite frankly, I think it might be even less than that. It might be, be about maybe about four, but I'm going to say New Orleans by no more than a one score. Yeah, New Orleans, is they, they definitely want revenge for uh, for that game. Uh, I don't know if some of those players are still on the team that were a part of that. They should be, and I'm sure that they you know want to watch that, taste that in the mouth, especially whoever missed that tackle back then. I don't know if that was Vaccaro, but... Um, I got to go New Orleans, and I think they've been... They, if you've seen of late... They finally unleashed Alvin Kamara and finally started calling the plays for him that they that they are calling for Latavius Murray. I'm gonna say New Orleans by 12. Okay, by 12. All right, I like it. Um, Seattle at Philly, the other wild card, final wild card matchup of the weekend. I'm gonna go Seattle. Philly, Philly's just injuries all over the place. Yep. They, I mean, they've they're I mean their emergency wide receivers, their backup quarterback <laughs> Josh McCown right now. Right. You know, yeah. or I think he's like their fifth wide receiver to be honest. So yeah. he's got too many injuries to play. They can't keep up. Russell Wilson, the you know, MVP caliber season. Um, but man, yes, I'm going Seattle. Seattle, Seattle at least by 10. Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure what they were going to do without their running backs. You know, CJ Procise is banged up, Rashad Penny is banged up, uh, Chris Carson as well is banged up, all gone for the year. Had to sign Robert Turbin, had to re-sign Beast Mode. Um, I uh, I like Seattle. You know, even on the road, uh, Philly is just a very, yeah, very, very uh, rough and tumble team um, to match up with uh, defensively, but uh, offensively, I don't know if Philly's going to get it done. Uh, they just don't have the pieces on offense in the wide receiver core, I think, to make it make it exciting. But Miles Sanders is great. Uh, I'm going to go Seattle, I'd say, by 10. Okay, all right. Well, you know, since we're in the playoff action, I figured, you know what, let's pick our, our, our matchup for the Super Bowl for the big game. Um, Man, we've got so many good teams, especially in the NFC. The NFC is loaded, dude. Um, and I think in the AFC, everyone's looking at Baltimore, of course, you know, with the, probably the MVP winner in Lamar Jackson here. Um, so, uh, and I, I, it's hard for me to stay away from him. So I'm going to go Baltimore out of the AFC. And out of the NFC, I'm going to go New Orleans. Um, it, it's it's not probably the typical pick. Most probably, probably, excuse me, most folks probably say, either San Fran or Green Bay, probably even Green Bay just because of the bad man, Aaron Rodgers. But I'm going to go New Orleans here. And I, the reason why I say New Orleans, I think Drew Brees is just out this year to just, as on just on a vengeance, to just prove to people that he's still got it at his age, what he's, what, 39, 40 years old, I believe. Um, and I think, I think I'm going to say New Orleans and Baltimore. And I'm going to say if New Orleans wins, is a likelihood that Drew Brees can surprise some folks and retire. If he doesn't win, he'll come back next year definitively. And if, like, let's say they have a bad year, he will then retire because he doesn't have much time left, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I think so. If New Orleans, I'll say New Orleans and Baltimore 
Um, and I'm going to go Saints. I'm going to say Saints, Saints win the big one this year, folks. You, you heard it here, folks. Saints over Baltimore for the championship. Saints by six. There it is. Uh, Putting it down on paper right now. I like it. Um, Saints over Baltimore by six. So, for me, is the NFL going to allow this Baltimore thing to keep going? Like, realistically, are they going to allow this? Are they going to, you know, allow playoff football to occur, which is not is going to probably stymie a little bit of what Baltimore likes to do, right? You know, the, the they say the gloves come off during the playoffs. I, I have yet to see it, but we'll see. Um, I am going to pick New England to at least appear in the Super Bowl, and that means that New England has to win at home against Tennessee, and not and get out of that game with some of their offensive pieces okay. Then they need to go to Kansas City, which I don't think Kansas City is as big a test as some people make it out to be. But you, if you take away all the plays that uh, were definitive that went to Gronk, oh, Kansas City is probably the biggest test that they're going to have. And then they have to go to Baltimore. And I'm probably going to go to Baltimore. And that's just, not, I don't even know what to make of that. It, well, I was not well received well, the first time the Patriots went there this season, guys. So that's America. So know that I will be well received when I go there this time. Um, but I don't know. It, it, I don't even know if the Patriots could win the Super Bowl coming out of the AFC against whoever comes out of the NFC after going through that kind of a, of a, of a gauntlet. Um, yeah, I, I really... I don't know. It's hard to pick. I almost want to wait and watch these games go down. Uh, but I'll take New England to be in the Super Bowl. I don't know if I can say New England will win. Um, and I, but I think they'll play against the... Uh, I think they will play against the Saints. I think this will be the Super Bowl that we should have had last year. New England versus the Saints. Uh, and if the Saints do win, I do see uh, um, Drew Brees retiring. He got, he got nothing left to play for. Came back with a broken hand. Uh, got already got one Super Bowl, solidified his career. I think the question is, if Drew Brees rolls off another Super Bowl, was Drew Brees better than Peyton Manning, right? Because now that all the records are coming up, and I've been saying this since I was young, and people were just like, you're just a Patriots homer. I don't think if Peyton Manning was as good as people gave him credit for, and I don't think Whoa. the record, the, the the history books will be as kind if other quarterbacks that were playing at his caliber start rolling off. If, if Drew Brees wins the Super Bowl, he's going to look a lot more like part of the team than Peyton Manning did his second Super Bowl win with a doubt with the uh, Denver Broncos. That Denver Broncos team carried him. He did oh, for sure in the Super Bowl and had like a high school quarterback's stat line in the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Okay. Shots fired. Shots fired. Oh yeah. Um, but if Drew Brees goes out there, he's gonna go for 300 yards, three touchdowns. You know what I mean? He might even sneak one in. And that's not what Peyton was doing when people were throwing all of this. Peyton won his last Super Bowl on name alone. I'll be the first one to say it. You know, Drew Brees will win this one with heart and gut determination and actual his ability to play. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, Drew Brees is a gamer, folks. I mean, I mean, what else can you say about it? I mean, oh, he's a future Hall of Famer, of course. But yeah. So you're saying you're saying Saints over Pat over Pats in the Super Bowl. I'm saying that the Saints and the Pats are going to play. I don't even know if I'm picking one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I never bet against my team, America. Never bet against my team. All right, all right, all right. I get it. I get it. I get it. No problem here. Um, well, just quickly, I just want to wrap up, wrap up our picks for the year um, as we just finished picking our playoff matchups. Real quickly, there in the Super Bowl. 
course, folks, I came out with that. I came out with the overall victory, 156 and 88 to one to Obed's 149, 97 and one. So uh, a seven point, a seven seven game victory for myself. I told you, folks, if you want your picks, holla at your boy. Come to, I got you, I got you always, folks. Um, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode here on What's the Word Entertainment, bringing in the new year. Uh, famously, of course, Obed. Any last words for the people here in the, for the first year, first episode here in 2020? America, let's start it off right. Let's let's leave 2019 all the all the pos- all the negative behind. Let's carry all the positive. Let's go out here and have a great year. Uh, and remember, family first, friends second. But make sure that you got that self love. Yep, absolutely. Cause right, like I told you before, ain't nobody gonna love you like you love yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep, folks, thank you so much for joining in. Uh, don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud.com/slash What's the Word Entertainment, and of course also on Twitter at the WWENT. For Obed, I am Sherm. We will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.